0: This is the You Could Be a Therapist podcast. I'm Sophie Kent. Really, the point is just to share your journey, and and I know your journey, which is awesome because we've been friends for so long. Yeah. About, you know, pre-med and all this stuff and then this career shift, and the reason why I actually wanted you to be the first guest is because your journey so different than mine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for people to hear about. Today we have our first ever guest on the podcast. Allie is here joining us from Nashville. Allie is a current counseling graduate student at Prescott and will be graduating December 2023. Allie and I met in high school and have been friends for eight or almost nine years at this point, uh, which makes it extra special for her to be our first guest. Thank you for being here, Allie. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you as our first counselor journey episode of the podcast. Um, So today's episode is, like I said, counselor journey category, which means that Allie's going to be sharing her experience of how she entered the counseling profession and where she is now. This is exciting for me because I know a lot of parts of Allie's story, but I actually don't think I've heard you, Allie, talk about it all in one go. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can go ahead and get started. Uh, My first question for you, Allie, is when you were a kid, what did you think your career path would be?
1: That's such a good question. Um, I feel like I have always kind of had two aspects to what I thought my future career would be. Something more like creative and fun, and then something more like, I wanna help the world kind of situation. One of the first things I remember was, wanting to do interior design, because I thought that was so fun. Hmm. That's kind of become like a hobby of mine. That's one thing I think I've learned. You can do something and not have it be a job. It can be a hobby. Hmm. That and then the medical side of things has also been something that I've been interested in from a young age. I would say maybe like middle school, high school is when I started thinking about um, doing something in what I would refer, refer to as like the helping field. I first pursued medicine, I would say, more seriously in like high school and college.
0: Wow. So it's interesting. There's these two different aspects that I feel like a lot of people wouldn't actually put together. You said there's this creative aspect and help the world aspect and the mm-hmm. way they played out is pursuing, you know, something in the medical field, which I feel like most people would maybe not think that being a doctor or some type of medical professional would necessarily be creative.
1: Yeah, it. I think it kind of started as like, okay, I need to have this, you know, stable, supportive job. And then I can do something creative on the side versus like, obviously, you know, now that's not really <laughs> what I've actually pursued. And I've kind of gotten somewhere in the middle where I'm working on two different things one creative and one in the helping field so I think that's kind of like what I was always meant to do but somewhere Mm -hmm. in the middle I kind of got stuck in that like you have to have a serious job support your family you know that kind of thing almost like the prestige of being a doctor right like you want to be able to say oh yeah went to medical school and did all this stuff and Um, But at the end of the day, that's not what's, like, fulfilling. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you talked about how, you know, you wanted to pursue medical school. But maybe that came from more of a place of status
1: or maybe what you thought you were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, growing up, my parents both work. My mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was younger, but once my brother and I were in, like, high school, college age, she started to work. And it was a pretty common message that, like, it, they, they were providing for us so that we could have better than they did, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. So
1: I think the message was to, like, make more money than they did, go to school for longer than they did, be, like, more successful. And in high school and even in part of college, I like really took that message in. But then now as an adult, I've sort of started to deconstruct that as I think a lot of people our age have like nine to five jobs, I think are becoming a lot less common and people are starting to do things more in like the creative field and jobs that they actually want to pursue and are interested in. So yeah.
0: Yeah, you said that you took that message really seriously in high school and college. What did that look like for you as you began to take more seriously this this medical school dream and that sense of, you know, I need to do this to be better than my parents or maybe live up to their expectations.
1: Mhm. A lot of it was just getting involved in that field, so like shadowing, volunteering in any way that I could. A lot of Jobs at that age in the medical field are not paid or are not paid well, mm. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a lot of shadowing, a lot of volunteering, and just sort of trying to get more information on what it looked like to enter that field, going into college.
0: It sounds like you were really in it, you know you were taking the classes in college, you were volunteering with your free time. Were there ever any doubts or I'm wondering when this began to shift away from maybe this is what I want to maybe this is not what I want.
1: I don't know if there were ever any doubts per se, but there was definitely a lot of, I don't know if you would call it imposter syndrome or what, but just Mm. not knowing if I was good enough to be in the field and that pertains to grades. Mostly I would say like throughout college, I always felt like classes in like the science field were a struggle. Like I was like yeah. trying really, really, really hard to get good grades versus I, at least in my own perception, saw other students getting good grades and not trying as hard as I was, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah. why, why do I have to put in so much effort to get to where I am? And it just, yeah, it didn't, I think looking back on it, it didn't come naturally it was just, it felt like I was just climbing uphill like all the time.
0: Yeah. And I remember personally how difficult that was for you, like all of those classes and remembering how many muscle groups did you have to
1: remember about the body? I remember you told me one time and (laughs) it was just crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of work and I think that's Part of why I stayed in it for as long as I did was because Mm. when you do get that good grade, it's really satisfying. It's really gratifying because you're like, oh, wow, I can do this, you know? Then when you look back on it, you're like, okay, but is it really worth me spending like so much of my time doing this, like family vacations that I was studying for the MCAT, you know, quality time with my like long distance boyfriend at the time, like in the long run, is that worth it? you know, it sounds like at some point,
0: it became maybe not worth it, that it became something else you wanted to pursue. And I'm wondering, what was that turning point when you knew you wanted out of the field, and then when you knew you wanted to go into the helping profession of being a counselor?
1: So I was actually in grad school um, at the University of South Florida in Tampa. And um, I was in a Program that is essentially like a pre-med grad school program. So you take medical school classes, and then basically like your first year of medical school classes. And then at the end of your semester, at the end of your year, depending on your GPA, you have a better chance of getting into that medical school. Mm-hmm. USF is a very difficult medical school, so their master's program is like a good way to kind of get a, a little bit of a leg up. Um, So I was in that program and I was also working as a scribe and um, I was... Can you just describe scribe
0: for a second? Because I feel like a lot of people won't know what that is. I didn't when I I first learned about your job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I was working as a scribe, which is um, basically like someone who takes notes for the doctor when they're in the medical room. Um, I was working in an ICU, so... A lot of times that just looked like writing down like the status of the patient. So they would come in and do a physical exam as far as like, you know, their heart rate, their blood pressure, their oxygen, um, and then also their physical appearance too. So just like different things that were going on. And so I would take all the notes for the doctor and basically it was just a way for the doctor to have more time doing you know, things with patients and not have to spend so much time on documentation. So I was doing that and in grad school, which was a lot in and of itself, but then the pandemic hit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I went from working like a little part-time job to working like 70 hours a week. And it was a lot. And I just, I mean, I think the pandemic kind of, gave a lot of people a negative perception of a lot of different things. But for me, it was like seeing how little time doctors really got with their patients. Mm. That was something that I knew I wanted more of. And at the same time, I was in this grad school program and like doing well, but the same kind of thing as undergrad, right? Where I'm like struggling and like trying so hard to like get A's and B's and it's like so difficult and then also working. So it was just like the combination of those two things where I was like, okay, I think I need to take a step back for a semester. So I ended up quitting my job and taking the spring semester off and just kind of like reevaluating and being like, okay, what do I want to do here? I had taken the MCAT at that point and my score was fine but it wasn't great and i was like you know i like i need to figure out what my next <laughs> my next move is basically yeah and so that's kind of when i reached out to you about the counseling field because you were kind of like a few steps ahead of me in that road and i just kind of wanted to hear about your experience and like your steps to getting into grad school for a counseling program I was really unfamiliar. I was like, what is the difference between psychology and counseling? Like, do I need mm-hmm. a master's program, PhD program? Like what, where, what do I go? And I feel like you gave me a lot of insight into that field. And then from there, I was able to kind of evaluate like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to just go to a completely different school? And thankfully because it was during the pandemic, things were difficult, but it also gave me a little bit of time to kind of like, mm. just like I said, evaluate everything and kind of figure out what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. So I'm so glad that I was able to be there and, and you know, yeah. be a resource to you in that <laughs> time. That's awesome. It, it sounds like really seeing how little the time the doctors get with their patients was one of the really big things that made you pause. Mm -hmm. When you began to explore, you know, this other field, and maybe being a counselor, you had this semester off and this space to really think about what you wanted. What was it like to reconsider this dream you had always had, and maybe pursue something new?
1: It was overwhelming, I won't lie. Um, It was a It was a big step, especially because, like I said, I had been thinking about this since, like, high school, right? So that's a total of, like, eight years that I had been saying to myself, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so to just completely change that was – it was overwhelming at first, for sure. I think it was – at least a little bit reassuring that it was still within like that helping field right so it's not like i was No, i know some people who started medical school and were like i don't like this and then decided to become a lawyer like that is Mm -hmm. (laughs) mind-blowing to me um so at least it was still within that like helping medical field but it was just sort of a step in a different direction i think that helped a lot
0: Yeah, it was still going towards this original goal that you had of helping the world. Mm -hmm. It just looked different than what you had always planned for it to look like. Right. What were some challenges you faced with that transition?
1: I think the biggest thing was just knowing what to do, like knowing what programs to apply for, Knowing, you know, what k accreditation was, and how to figure out what schools were accredited, and even just figuring out um, like the different types of counselors you could become. Like there's social work and marriage and family, and um, LPC, and all of that. So yeah, it was a lot of decisions to make. But once I kind of got on that right path, everything just sort of fell into place, which was nice.
0: Yeah, I feel like those questions that you just talked about, you know, asking or not knowing the answers to are something that so many future counselors or people who are trying to pursue this profession have, like Mm -hmm. questions they have or feel like. And that's actually one of the main reasons I wanted to start this podcast, because I felt very similar to you in that there's so much information. What's most important? How do I get the real answers? you know, that's one of just the missions and visions for this project is to be able to provide just a little bit of those resources to make people feel a little less overwhelmed. Um, So it's really cool that you said that.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I definitely would have loved a resource like this. I mean, you were my resource, but (laughs) had I not had you, this would have been a great resource for me. So
0: yeah, and now you get to be a part of the resource, which is cool. So I wanted to ask you too, when you began to accept this career shift into counseling, you know, you applied for grad school, you were, you know, going to be in your program. What were some green flags that you experienced that affirmed this choice was right for you?
1: I think my program overall, um, this school, Prescott College, it's in Arizona, and it's very different than, you know, my undergrad or even my graduate school experience at USF. USF and I went to undergrad at Florida State. They're both huge state schools, both great schools. And I like really enjoyed my time at FSU. But Prescott is just such a smaller community. Um, and I was able to really get one-on-one help from professors and advice from advisors. And even though it is an online program, I still feel connected to classmates more so than, you know, at a larger school. So that was definitely reassuring. And then also just the fact that my classes came so easily to me. Like it was mm. the opposite of when I was in undergrad or grad school at USF, where I felt like it was just a constant, like, uphill battle. This was more so just, like, I mean, grad school isn't easy, right? But mm. it definitely felt like It felt easier because it felt like it was something that I was passionate about doing, and then therefore, it just didn't feel like I had to try as hard. Like it wasn't an uphill battle. So
0: that must have been so freeing um, compared to what you experienced before. To actually have things come a little bit easier, feel more natural, and maybe affirm like, "Oh, I am good at this thing. Like I I don't have to struggle so much."
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely affirming to know that, like you said, it wasn't as much of a struggle, but also it, it made me feel better. It made me feel like I had made the right decision, um, changing schools, you know, making this big life choice. I think if I had made a big life choice and then it was still, you know, super difficult and it still didn't feel right, that would be really discouraging.
0: Yeah, of course. And I'd, I'd love for you to share where you are today in your journey with counseling.
1: Yeah. So um, like you mentioned earlier, I'm graduating December 2023. Um, so I have three semesters left at Prescott, this spring, summer, and fall. And I'm starting my spring semester. Um, I'm doing my practicum. So mm. I'll be starting that soon. I have training in like a couple weeks here so I'm excited for that and then hopefully I'll be doing my internship at the same place so yeah it's a it's a huge facility for basically everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) families individuals couples kids adolescents so it'll be a good experience for me to kind of have a wide range of clients and different things to see and learn from
0: yeah. I'm so excited for you to start your practicum and be working with clients. Yeah. It's just such a privilege to be let into the room with yeah. people who are going through really personal and sometimes a lot of times difficult things and to be trusted with that information. And it's just unlike anything else. I think it's so I'm really excited for you to get to experience that and help people.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited too. So
0: to wrap up our show for today, I would love to hear from you and what you would say to someone who's maybe pursued another career path and now they're considering or interested in counseling as their profession instead of what they had been pursuing. Similar to your story, right? Like what would you say to that person or maybe the younger version of yourself?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was it's, it's better to start now than later, you know? So if you're thinking about something, just taking small steps to like looking into grad schools or looking into programs, seeing what the requirements are, things like that. Like for me, I was like, if this is something I'm considering, I would much rather consider it now than when I'm done with medical school and have like a ton of student loan debt, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, better, better, you know, sooner than later. But I think the biggest thing is just to not be afraid to do it and do what feels right for you. And like, really listen, like listen and reflect with yourself and not, you know, outside voices or even like your own misconception of what you think you need to be doing. Just do what feels right.
0: Yeah, I love that, that encouragement to just start now. It's Mm -hmm. never too late. I always tell people that too, you know, in grad school, I had people who were 55, 56 years old, and then I was the youngest one there at 21. So yeah. there's really not a right time to do it or like an ideal age to be when you go to grad school. It really is what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I also love that you said listening to yourself and reflecting on maybe your gifts, reflecting on what's really important to you, your passions, because that's where we find our our best guidance rather than maybe listening to what the world says that we should be doing. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Allie, for for being on this episode with me and being our first guest of our podcast. Um, I want to give you a chance to just say, you know, how can people connect with you if they want to find you on the internet?
1: So um, I'm most active on Instagram, I would say. Um, My username is just my name, Allie McGarry. Awesome. Uh, Well, we will see you again soon. Thank you so much.
0: That's a wrap on this episode of You Could Be a Therapist. New episodes will be airing weekly, so make sure to follow You Could Be a Therapist anywhere you listen to podcasts and at Potential Therapist on Instagram. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. Until next time.